Hey, you're listening to the Holistic Travel Nurse Podcast. I usually don't like taking tons of content from everyone else, but I, I just think that uh, there's other shows out there that are being censored because they are speaking so much more truth than mine. I do even think they have big audiences. and But when they put really good content out, like Stu Peters or, God, there's some real big ones that are truth speakers, it needs to be shared. So um, there's an interview I wanted to hear on the Dr. Artish show. And this guy... If you don't know the history, I did share that he had an interview with somebody else, and um, if I could get it to open. Operations, but I just got sick and tired of corporate healthcare system. That's not the episode I want. So let's go here and find the episode I want. Okay, this is the latest one. This is Dr. Artis and a neonatal nurse practitioner destroy the narrative at the CDC child development. Ryan Artis, let's go. So. Let's see. I thought this was a. We're going to just talk about a little bit of this um, interesting episode concerning our children and their health and the corruption of not trusting the CDC. I mean, I think if you're listening to my stuff, then you're getting that the CDC is corrupt. And if you're not, go do the research. And go listen to more of my podcasts and listen to other people's and go do your own research. Go down the rabbit hole. The information is out there. Which is fine, too. However, tonight we're very excited to bring to light the fact that the CDC, the Centers for Destroying Children, I mean the Centers <laughs> for Disease Control, this organization has now updated the milestones at which your children, your grandchildren, those pupils of yours, those students inside of your classrooms or pre-K, whatever, They've now established new guidelines for what to expect as milestones for your babies. And we, me and Michelle Routon, we are here to expose all the new truths you need to know. In case you thought your kid was not accomplishing milestones, you better know what they are. So we're going to tell you what they are, all the new ones, and why some of them were ridiculous, and we're not really excited about it. So first sponsor for the Dr. Artist Show tonight with Michelle Routon and Dr. Artist is the North Texas Healing Center. They're actually in North Texas. And they actually serve patients worldwide. If you have any symptoms, diseases that you haven't been able to establish what the main cause of those symptoms or diseases are, contact them today at NorthTexasHealingCenter.com. If you believe you can live without symptoms, contact them. Call them at 214-705-9369. Dr. Tregalis and the rest of the crew are there to help you. All right, second sponsor for our show is Mike Lindell's MyPillow.com. My wife's actually sitting here at the studio. She dried off this morning with a MyPillow towel because they are super soft, super absorbent. You should get some too. They're my favorite. I've already talked about it a billion times. All right, so go to MyPillow.com. You need towels, pillows, bed sheets, uh, doggy beds, slippers. They got it all. Put in the promo code DOCTOR. They'll give you new discounts or even bigger discounts on all those product products you're trying to purchase. All right, MyPillow.com. Thank you, Mike Lindell. Appreciate that. All right, third sponsor is BrideonStore.com. This is Mike Adams' group. We'll be live on Brideon in the morning. Promo code is doctor. They made it easy. So both mics gave us the doctor promo. 5% off anything you purchase there. I'm Dr. Artist. Thank you for all the sponsors and all you in the audience that are helping to support us here at the Dr. Artist Show. Now, for all of you, welcome Michelle Routon. She's, uh, she's known as the rock star patient advocate around the entire country and around the world. And she's helped us with COVID and all these people in hospitals that are being mistreated, medically kidnapped. Say hello to the audience, Michelle. Hello. I would like to, on behalf of the entire world, tell you thank you for you and your team. And uh, thank you for all you do. Are things calming down around COVID? 
Are, it has been in a downswing. Yeah. The last couple of weeks, last week or two. Mm-hmm. Are patients stopping being medically kidnapped from their families and loved ones? No, there's just, you know, when there's a downswing in census, then the overall contacts go down a little bit. So we're taking a little breather because it always swings back up to a frenzy. Is there a new variant on the horizon, Michelle Ryan? I heard yesterday there was a new Omicron coming. I think it's abbreviated B.2. Oh. That's actually what it is. Okay, there you go. B.2. Be ready, it's coming. <laughs> Seriously. However, I did see on MedPage today that they said they're not sure that we should call it a sub-variant of Omicron. And someone actually said, I quote, we're going to get a new Greek letter. Oh, so just, you know, everybody be warned, a new Greek letter, Omicron, COVID variants coming. All right, so Michelle Routon, there's been an update. You specialize in neonatal care, is that correct? Two and under is my original specialty for almost 20 years, I hate to say. Makes me no, feel that's old. Awesome. I know. <laughs> so how, how many of your own children have you had that actually lived from zero to two years old? Three. I have had five. My wife has had three. So there's a total of 11 children between us that we have watched Baby's born and lived past two years old. Mm-hmm. And have you understood, and in your practice, have you been overseeing certain milestones and checking those off as those kids met those and then informed parents that they were either doing a great job or there might be concerns here? Absolutely. I did that all day today. <laughs> all day today? You're still doing it? All 20 day years later? today, yes. Oh, okay. All right, so you have brought it to us the attention to the fact that the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, disease control, I didn't say child development control, uh-huh. Centers for Disease Control have updated milestones. They have. And there's some weird ones. There's some, some weird, missing. there's some things missing and there's a bunch of goalposts that have been moved back. We basically dumb them down. Maybe it's another version of No Child Left Behind where you just keep moving the goalposts so that more people qualify as passing. That's what it seems like. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about it. I'd like to learn. I'm going to learn with you and I'm going to bring up my own thoughts and concerns and well, and yeah. oh my goshes as you bring it up. So my first thought was, what's the angle they're, they're going with to back up this ridiculousness like what's your why okay and so what i figured out between the cdc who is in cahoots with the american um, academy of pediatrics um you know the people that one time said oh children should eat vegetables do anything that you can to get them to eat them even if if it's smothering them in sugar like these are the amazing statements they make for parents and pediatricians okay so they got into cahoots together and their premise is that previously we were only to expect 50 percent of our patients to reach the previous milestones And it created a situation where there was a lot of watching and waiting instead of intervening. And so they decided to move the milestone so that 75% of patients should be expected to meet these milestones. All right, so before we even get into all these and the ones that uh, you want to bring attention to and highlight for our audiences, give me one, just one, let's just talk about one. 
one example of one goalpost they're moving out to make it more acceptable for 75% of the population of children. So the Just most, one. It's like, oh my goodness, seriously. The most notable example would be that we used to say around the age of two that they should have a vocabulary explosion and have 50 plus words and start stringing words together, okay? So you would have some kids that blow that out of the water and they're doing it at like 13 months. And then you have the really active boys, usually sometimes the girls, but the boys who are, you know, kicking and throwing and running around and using everything as a weapon. I give them until two years and three weeks. Like they love to come in at the two year well check, not having done that. And the mom being, is this okay? And I'm like, text me in three weeks. <laughs> we haven't had our explosion. And they're always like, you're right. He did it. You know? And so now they've moved it to 30 months, which is two and a half. Okay, so six months now, we've moved this goalpost. And this is for both genders? Yes, or, or, for everyone. Or all six genders? For however, everyone. However many there is now. And yeah. they don't have down with the speech of starting to string four words together until the age of four. What? I mean, I don't know what your kids were doing at four. Hold but up, repeat that. I may have like, glitched spring, out on that one. To string four words together. Can I have milk? Wait, till four years old? Four years old. Not four months. Four years. 14 months. Four years stringing four four words together. I mean, I don't know what your kids were doing at four years, but I have a four-year-old, and he can speak for 25 minutes until your ears bleed in complex compound sentences and say things like, that is not his car, that is his vehicular device. Is that because you feed him raw milk? He has had some raw milk, yes. (laughs) Is that because they're cage-free eggs? Is that why he's so advanced? We have our own chickens, yes. Uh It's probably not true for everybody because my kids were not eating that and drinking that growing up, but they could all do the same thing. Uh Uh-huh. It's probably because they were getting adjusted, you know, from the time they were born. Probably. You know, blood flow to the brain. It works that way. Okay. All right, so let's keep going. All Right. right, so milestone supposedly on the CDC's new document. I'm looking at the link right now. Very first words. Your baby at two months. And then it says with an exclamation point milestones matter now i just want to bring this up to you i I never really thought milestones matter but oh also wasn't a pediatrician being told to chart these all day long Mm -hmm. but do they matter they matter a lot okay good all right so good i'm not the pediatrician i'm not the neonatal nurse you are so you get to teach us all right so we're looking right now at the screen your baby at two months I don't know if this is what you want to show first. This all looks show first. This all looks pretty much the same. Okay. At two months? Yep. Okay. Looking at your face, eye contact, some smiling, cooing, can hold their head up a little bit while they're while they're on their tummy, bringing hands midline to the mouth. Okay. Yep. Good. That's all par for the course. Okay, great. Where does it get disturbing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, really the most disturbing thing is that crawling is no longer on here. Wait, at all? At all. Where was it before? It, like, like on this chart. Where nine months. Been? Nine months. They expect children mm-hmm. to be crawling in nine months. So around nine months. Nine months is where parents start to look around and be concerned that maybe their child isn't normal because you might have one nine-month-old who's sitting there playing with something, just happy, not moving, and then another one running by on two feet, and then one crawling or one crawling and cruising around on the furniture and holding around. There's a wide variety of normal at nine months. But when you get to a year, typically we say you should be crawling and pulling to stand at a minimum. So 
right now, if you look at nine months, it says get to a sitting position by themselves, sits with support. When you get to 12 months, it says pull to stand and walks holding onto furniture. Never, they don't have crawling on this at all, which is the most disturbing thing. All right, so they don't even have it by four years old? No. <laughs> okay, it's nowhere on there. Okay. Now, now, when they're in first grade, I guess they're all going to go back to crawling therapy when they can't read because you have to use the right brain and the left brain together and cross-crawling. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> You mentioned that before we even got started here, but there's something that just caught my attention on this at nine months old. It says milestones matter again at nine months. It says that on the CDC's document. Mm -hmm. And it says for language and communication milestones, it actually has this in quotations. Makes different sounds like ma 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 and ba 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 mm -hmm. in quotations. Mm -hmm. Do most babies say that? Yes. Okay. They should be using some consonants by, by nine months? Yes. Okay and babbling and squealing. And then they're supposed to lift their arms to be picked up. Mm-hmm. By nine months. Mm-hmm. Is that new? Or nope. was it always at nine months? These that's are new. pretty, that's this there. Pretty standard. Yep. All right, so let's talk about this. The fact that crawling is missing. Do you know how many parents, now you have to understand, I was raised in a Mormon family. And most of us were told to start having kids right after high school. Like get married and have kids, don't wait for college. Everybody have babies. So. All of us were having babies at the same time. Uh, and then there were some people who had children, and those children would meet these milestones or start crawling around nine months to a year. And then there were some who parents who actually would see their children, like, skipping crawling and go to try to just walk on their own at, like, nine months, ten months. They would just skip crawling, like some of them. And all the parents would say to me, Hey, my kid didn't even crawl. He's just walking. <laughs> He's just trying to walk. I think my kid's advanced. You know, there's always these, if a kid skips a milestone, like fast, quickly, all of them are advanced children. And for us as chiropractors and as a chiropractic pedi pediatrics, certified in pediatrics chiropractic, which I was, we saw this as a huge problem, actually. Mm -hmm. They were all talking about their kids advanced. They don't have to learn how to crawl. They can just run. That's, I get that, too. I, he's so smart. He I think so he's advanced. just going to skip crawling. I'm like, well, okay, uh-uh. Yep. No. Okay, so here's the problem. There is a natural evolution from, like, laying on your side or on your back or on your stomach and then being able to roll over. That's great. Then you're supposed to crawl. You're supposed to. And I cannot tell you how many people in this country are dealing with things like ADD, ADHD, and actually, you find out as teenagers, when they're struggling in school, they don't have the ability to communicate between the right and left sides of their brains, and that's because they skip the crawling phase. So you actually do cross-crawling at home as a family is what you're recommended, and you'll get the parents out in the yard, you'll get the kid, the teenagers out there going and crawling. This is actually the therapy, and as they do this, and they do this for several weeks and months, the right and left sides of the brain can then communicate with each other. Brain to bodily function is better. And then their grades start improving and their ability to focus improves. We see it all the time. If your child is skipping crawling, that's not a good thing. Push him back down. As he goes to stand up, push him back down. 
Make him crawl. Because if he's not doing it then, he's most likely going to have to do it when he's a teenager or an adult. And you're going to have to re-educate the brain how to actually function. So this is not a good idea to make sure on our new CDC guidelines that we remove crawling or the discussion of crawling out of it. Every chiropractor is totally aware, and there's other ones too, and I'm sure there are pediatricians who are trained in this also, that they know the significance and the importance of cross-crawling. Mm-hmm. Uh, right to left, I mean, it is crossing, getting your right and left sides of the brain to communicate with each other is massively important in our ability to function as human beings. So I don't know what you want me to say about that, but it's very important, I'm telling you, cross-crawl therapy is a big, big, big business because a lot of kids are either skipping it encouraged to skip it i mean how many parents want to pick up their kids and like by the hands and like start Uh walking them around just let them crawl i mean there's so many things that's how they build their arm muscles they build the arches of their hands and so kids that don't crawl also have low tone in their arms and they lack fine motor skills um it actually does it actually develops by crawling and having to sweep your eyes side to side and do and learn death perception and binocular vision that is also a setup for being able to control your vision and process what is coming in across a classroom to your brain and bringing it in and then it coming back on on the paper with notes or whatever you're doing i mean it's very important um it brings the hips forward into um, a different position, which also cr- prepares strength for walking, as I'm sure you know. Um, and then I was reading a study um, today saying that, that that while they're crawling, that's when they create the most myelin um, for the nerves, the nervous system ever at any other time period in your life. And you need myelin for basically things to work quickly quickly with your brain and your thought and your um, critical thinking skills and problem solving and all of that. It's very important. And we actually have crawling therapy for kids that get to first grade and they're having a hard time reading. Yeah. And if you just imagine it, if you're on all fours and you have to look up, this actually helps create what's called the cervical curve in your neck. Uh, and you know how I many people you look at as adults and they have like a straight neck and they all have chiropractic problems, headaches, and all shoulder problems all the time. There's this natural curvature in the spine that is accentuated and benefited by crawling. That is an absolute must in the evolution of development, I would assume. So I always also tracking, can I just mention this? Tracking with the eyes is huge for people not being able to read or being able to take information from a page and then putting it into their brain and then being able to articulate it back on a piece of paper. I've had to actually take one of my daughters, literally, and pay tons of money to have an eye specialist teach my my one daughter how to retract things peripherally. All of her reading improved. She couldn't read before. It was like she hated school, hated reading, had horrible grades. It just took... A few months of doing eye tracking exercises, which does help when you're crawling and having to look up at the world and, you know, anyway, I just want to mention this to you. If you have a child that's having a hard time, you might want to have their eyes checked and they're tracking. And if they actually skip the step of walking, I mean crawling, you might want to look at that. It's all beneficial. There are two things that do something for the brain that nothing else will. One of those is crawling and the other one is writing in cursive which they don't teach in public school. Holy cow. My wife is so excited to be sitting at this desk. We should put her on the screen. Okay, don't (laughs) put her on the screen. All right, she's on the screen. 
Look, okay. So my <laughs> wife was a second grade teacher in Richardson, and she is uh, demoralized by the information that my 10-year-old keeps telling her from the time he started school that they don't teach cursive anymore. And Jane just thinks it's, like, evil not to teach mm -hmm. people how to write in cursive. She's taking this very personal. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't like it. She's been a big proponent for cursive writing. Please elaborate. She's going to be very excited. She's thrilled that she came tonight. You know, with the public school, my thing is like, cursive is a lost art, so we're not going to teach anymore. Everybody's typing, but did they take the time that they were teaching cursive and replace it with typing? No. <laughs> so they're like all pecking, and yep. I'm like, really? What are, what are we doing here? But it really, once again, reading, writing, comprehension, the different sides of the brain, being able to work together, you know, when you're reading, you have to be able to go through the mechanics of reading and then you have to process what you're reading and picture what you're reading and all of those things. And cursive is basically a very similar mechanism as crawling. And that's why it's important. So I tell all of my parents, it's a requirement in this office that we crawl. Okay. And we're going to go to the chiropractor or the neuro chiropractor, and we're going to work that out. And then if you're doing public school, it's your job to teach your child cursive. Awesome. Now I have a question and the whole audience is thinking this right now because we're on it right now. Is teaching your child cursive also one of the milestones at nine months that should be there? <laughs> no. No. Okay. So <laughs> make sure everybody's clear on that one. That is not a nine. That is not a nine month milestone. Okay. Good. All right. Continue. I love the cursive. I love the crawling. Yes. I'm in total agreement. So then, and you have to think, you know, it's important that you learn things in order. Just like you said, I'm on my back. I'm on my stomach. I can learn to get off my stomach. I sit, I crawl, I stand up, I walk, you know, and it's, it's, you, unfortunately, you need to do all of that in that order to have the brain organization and function to then be able to communicate and use the right brain and left brain to look at people's faces and make correlations with the way they speak and what their mood, mood probably is, you know, which a lot of autistic kids have a problem with. Okay, and so you need that for communication. Now, I don't know why we would suddenly have a problem with kids not being able to have communication. I don't see the problem either. I don't either. I think, you know... We only, right. we only communicate through what we hear, not through what we see, right? Right. Okay. Uh, it's not definitely, you know, <laughs> visual and auditory and yeah, visual. emotion. Uh-uh. So. Um, we don't see the problem either. We don't either. Lose so, the masks. Yes. Thanks. It is. It's like, hello, CDC. So we're just going to keep, you know, throwing firebombs at these kids and saying that nutrition doesn't matter. And now let's give all of these kids an experimental vaccination and then cover everybody's faces and send them to preschool and daycare where everybody's faces are covered all day. And when that doesn't go well for the children, we'll just move the goalposts. They'll be fine. That's really what we've done. But when you're looking at the communication, you know, it used to be at a year, mama, dada, maybe one of their word, 15 months, five to 10 words, 18 months, 20 to 30 words, two years, that vocabulary explosion and then by three, they should be, why, what, where, you know, why, why? All the questions were like, please stop asking me questions. <laughs> okay. So now what they have done 
is they have the mama and dada at 12 months. But when you look at 15 months, all you see is mama or dada or half, another half word, ba for ball or da for dog. Okay, so we're at a 15 word deficit, 10 to 15 words. Like I said, usually the boys, everyone so it's a girl that are all motor skills. It's like, okay, it should be 10 to 15 words. They have seven. I'm like, it'll be fine. They walked when they were nine months, you know, as long as we keep going. But at this point, 15 months and you have mama and dada and a half word, not a full word, a half word. And then you get to 18 months and it says, tries to say three words besides mama and dada. So now instead of 20 and th- 20 to 30 words, we have like five, okay? And then at two, it says, say at least two words together, more milk. And that's it. Not a number of words, not, hey, at this point, it should be, hey, did you hear, he said this today and she said that yesterday. And did you notice that, he figured this out and said that and repeating everything that you say, if you ask them to, there's nothing like that. And so it's not the same in every state, but in the state of Texas, we have something called early childhood intervention, which is, is a government run program that in this area I have had really good luck with that they come into the home and provide, you know, um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy from newborn until the age of three. That's the early childhood intervention, okay? So that's why I kind of say I watch them at two. If they're not anywhere close, then I, we need to follow up, even with just a phone conversation in three to four weeks. To, like, did we, did we do our explosion or not? Because it is a government program, so you have to get an appointment for an evaluation and then they have the evaluation and they, you know, they know nothing's fast with the government. And I want to make sure that they have access to that program because they'll come to the house, they'll go to the daycare, the sitter. It's on a sliding scale based on how much you make. And so it's a really good program. So now because we've moved this goalpost to 30 months, so two and a half years, now it says, say about 50 words, say two or more words together um, with an action word like doggy run, mommy stop, or whatever it is, okay? So now now we hit 30 months where we have only six months left for this great program for someone who might need an intervention. Now we kick the goal, the goal post six months back and then we go, okay, now there's a problem. First of all, I was like, are there 30 month well checks? Like, do people do that? Do you know? Is there? Yes. Oh. I looked back in the peri- peri- periodicity tables to 2013, and sure enough, it was on the table with little tick marks. It even said vaccines down there. I'm like, is this so people can catch up on back? I don't know. So I started texting a bunch of providers I know around the nation. I'm like, hey, did you know there's a 30-month well check? And they're like, haven't done one in 30 years. Had no clue. <laughs> right? And so now we have this new checklist of developmental milestones at 30 months, but apparently it was on the table. We just all ignored it. It's like, okay, well, two, you know, the, the traditional pediatricians aren't bringing them in because there are no shots at two and a half months yet. So I'm a little suspicious about that. I'm totally on board with your suspicion. Okay. So, but back to the early childhood intervention yeah, is that, by that, the, that fits the whole every six month model, right? That we're hearing about. Okay. Yes. So exactly. 
So, you know, if they get to 30 months and then we're like, okay, you need services. And then it takes probably two months to get in. And now you're 32 months. Like, well, here's four months of your really accessible, affordable services. Now, where do you go? You either are leaving work and taking the child to private therapy and paying a lot more money out of your pocket, hoping your insurance covers it, or you go into the public school programs for preschoolers. So, you know, I'm always up for um, judging and having thoughts about where things are going is one, I personally consider public schools to now just be mostly a government indoctrination camps, especially if you're not paying attention to what's going on there and trying to mitigate some of that with your children. Um, but then now they're going away from the home. So if they really do need those th- services, they can't be with their parents like they should be. They have to go into this preschool program. Okay. And if they don't qualify for it, then you're stuck with this, you know, more of the private companies, the private services. The schools are already overrun. There aren't enough services already. And so it's just going to get worse. The whole thing is a total crap show, basically. So can I ask you something? Yes. My first question is, is why do you think they're moving this all back. Do you really think it's to include 75% of the population? No. I mean, their their claim of, oh, we only expected 50% of the kids and there was too much watching and waiting, so now we're going to say 75%. And so then we won't watch and wait as much. I'm like, well, now we're literally doing nothing for an extra six months, and then you're still going to have pediatricians who toe the line to the point of, well, it only said 75%. So maybe your child is the 25%. So we'll wait till three. You know, and in the neonatal world, especially if you have a child that's been sick or premature or something, one of the things we look for is that we really want those kids to be caught up by the age of three because their outcomes overall developmentally and mentally are much better if they're caught up by three. Now we're taking the general population and letting them lag till three and then trying to run around and figure out what we're going to do about that. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So my thoughts also were if, if it's not really to include 75%, which I don't think it is, it almost looks like to me the CDC is now allowing and changing milestones and pushing them out a little bit further as if, to suggest that there's going to be developmental delays for the majority of American children coming up very yeah. soon. <laughs> like, like they're expecting the milestones to all show up later. Right. Because I we mean, are going to be developing slower. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. Mm-hmm. And do you see that trend in your practice? Not in mine. kids overall are actually seeing delayed milestones being reached? Um, I kind of live in a dichotomy at my office because I have the patients that start with me right away and um, we're very holistic and, you know, more naturally minded and very proactive and supportive and on top of things. And so if I see a little something going on, I immediately go, Hey, let's do this. Okay. Well, our hips are really tight. Let's get some body work or see the chiropractor. Maybe we need to do a little this or a little that. So I don't see that in mind. According to this, my patients are all geniuses, okay? But then I do get the kids coming in from other offices for second opinions because mom is really worried and they're getting, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. 
no, it's not fine that your nine-month-old only rolls over one direction and can't sit up. That's not fine. Hmm. Right? And so I see both sides of that. Yeah, I actually would love to. I think we have time for that. It would be great. The audience is watching here and are downloading this. Okay, I don't like to go over. You can go listen to the whole thing on his show. I, this one is in honor of um, my daughter and um, my grandson, who is going to be two in March, and um, they're pushing for like Head Start for her to go to Head Start, and and we're in this like I'm in the state of Oregon right now just to help her and the whole situation, and I, I don't want. Her those kids in a place like he already sees people out in public with a mask we do not put a mask on in public my daughter doesn't i don't the only time they did is like the airport um and so he sees the mask he thinks it's weird he sometimes puts it on his face but i'm thinking like back to the milestones of him and now she's got twins and he is not two yet he'll be two in uh, one month as I'm recording this and he is so smart. Um, he says, I love you. So he, that's a complete sentence. Um, and he says a lot of words, like a lot of things he sees and recognizes like tractor or, Oh my gosh, he knows he thinks that his vitamins are candy. So he says candy that he wants candy all, all too often. Um, and then like you tell him to go get he, if he could get his shoes on probably he would at this point he puts our shoes on but I think eventually he'll put his own shoes on um he is repeating uh so many words when you know he loves the books so he'll repeat the words he loves cars he loves big trucks he loves all those things um and yes he did crawl and crawling is very important to his, we're learning. Um, and he is just off and running now. Like, like I swear he's going to, like, already going to be easier to potty train because he doesn't like the poopy diapers. And I just, he's just really smart. He really likes books and looks at books. Like, I think he would have memorized some of the words because his mom read in this book that she had it memorized and he wanted the whole book read to him um, before like all of his beginning of life he went through a book and he's been fascinated with books um, and that's super important than, than electronical devices you know I mean yes those physical things too he picks up those fake tools and wants to fix things but he, she is only allowed one time for him to have one shot and then we talked about it and if you look at it the shot regimen is like 72 shots and are we dumbing down people with the amount of toxins that are in the shots okay I'm not saying I'm so anti the shots and the whole protocol of building an immune system but what of all the toxins in them and are we trusting big pharma anymore I mean I did for years it wasn't as um, bad, I don't think. But then I thought, well, this particular kid is actually having kids. Is one who got more shots as a little, um, as a baby than all the rest of them. And actually, she was a sicker of all the rest. Got to have some common sense there and to connect the dots that her immune system was shot from the shots. Oh, I feel like I'm rambling now. But 
I thought this was an interesting thing to share with because I'm thinking about my grandkids, your grandkids, and the children right now, um, how we need to come together and stand up for our children. Um, and we need to get better educated about the shot regimen, what we should be doing nutrition-wise for our children. And my God, mama bears need to come down more on the school boards everywhere. And um, I've been praying about this. I'm looking forward to meeting some people so that <clears throat> uh, God puts me in a place where I can um, come down on some um, school boards in the area where I'm at or where God has me right this moment. We have got to take our nation back and we got to take our nations back with our school boards first. And the corruption is horrible in there. We need to clean house everywhere. And it is happening and there's been lots of videos of that and um, I'm just so proud of the mama bears standing up. There's so many of them that are they are just strong beautiful women um, maybe are you or one of them who's listening to this that have been standing up for your children and your country and seeing the evil that we just were blind to it before and we're seeing the indoctrination that is the shit that is on the TV and we're turning our off to it I mean my daughter and I were actually chatting about a movie that was on Disney and she goes mom do you see the underlying stuff that they're saying in this I was like, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. The ickiness of this, it's like, it's very, I, before it was, it, there was just, just a lot of us uh, sleep to what the heck was going on, right? Now we're all slowly more and more people waking up. Maybe somebody sent this to you, maybe you're stumbling and um, you're like, what are you talking about? But go down the rubber hole, go listen to more of my episodes, um, and go do the, the, your own research regarding this stuff. And take some good time to research both sides and, and be open to the other side. Don't be closed mind. Don't say, oh, it's a left to the right and political. No, this isn't a left or right thing. This is a we need to protect our children thing so anyways i could go off on a tangent but why um i thought this was just some interesting information that is um needs to be out there for the mama bears